0: songs of praise dancing with my father God in fields of rain dancing with my father God in fields of rain there's a place where I lose myself within There's a place where I find myself again, dancing with my Father God in fields of grace, dancing with my Father God in fields of grace. Next verse. There's a place where in There's a place where I lose my selfish pride Yeah, Dancing with my Father, God, in fields of grace Dancing with my Father, God, in fields of grace Sing, I love my
1: Father I love my Father My Father loves me I dance for my Father
0: Father sings over me Sing those words again I love my Father My Father loves me I dance for my Father My Father sings over me And nothing, nothing, nothing Can take that away from me There's nothing, nothing, nothing Can take that away from me There's a place where religion finally dies There's a place where I lose my selfish pride Sing that chorus with us Dancing with my Father God in fields of grace Dancing with my Father, God, in fields of grace. Dancing with my Father, God, in fields of grace. Dancing with my Father, God, in fields of grace. So thankful for the grace of Jesus. Amen. You got chains. He's a chain breaker. Y'all see these words? You've been walking the same old road for miles and miles. You've been hearing the same old voice to the same old lie. If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. you feel lost, He's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, He's a prison-shaking Savior. If you got chains, He's a chain breaker. No matter what you're going through this morning, give it to Him. Let's just sing the second verse. We've all searched for the light of day and the dead of night all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight we've all run to things we know just stay right there's a better life there's a better life if you got pain he's a pain taker if you feel lost Freedom, saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you believe it, if you receive it, you can feel it. Somebody testify. He belongs. He's a waymaker. You need freedom for saving. He's a prison shaker. Savior, you got chains. He's a chain breaker. Yeah. You need freedom for saving. He's a prison shaking Savior, you got chains. Chain Breaker. If you need freedom, same savior. He's a prison shaken savior. If you got shame, he's a chain breaker. the sing this next verse. Worship with us is with us there was a battle there was a battle a war between death and life there on a tree the Lamb of God was crucified He went on down to hell he took back every key He rose up like a lion now he said If you walk down in the grave I'm walking to sing that with us. If you walk down of the grave, I'm walking to. If you walk down of the grave, I'm walking to Since God will be my shepherd Oh, I won't need
1: a thing
0: He leads the way before me Restores my soul to sing. You lift my head from sorrow turn my mourning into joy so I won't fear what evil brings for you are with me you lay Oh, even through the valley Oh, you are holding me Your beauty is overflowing Your face is all I see You lift my head from sorrow Turn my morning into joy so I won't fear what. He- I am home In the house of God Yes, I'm home I am home In the house house of God Yes, I'm home I am home Yes, I'm home I am home In the house of God Yes, I'm home So I won't fear What evil brings For you are with me,
1: you lay my
0: anxious heart to rest when I am with you.
1: One of my all-time favorite passages of Scripture is found in Ephesians 1 because it talks about the fact that God in His love has chosen us. And I I can remember growing up as a kid that there were times in the neighborhood and times at school that I didn't particularly feel chosen by my peer groups. Well, for one, I was an army brat. We moved every two years. The longest we lived anywhere was when we went to Izmir, Turkey, and the accompanying tour... It was mandatory that you stay two and a half years, and so we lived there two and a half years. That's a, imagine that. Growing up as a kid, the longest you've lived anywhere in your life is Turkey. <laughs> and when God brought this passage to me when I was a college student at Warner, it hit my heart in a way that was... Uh, Powerfully unique. I'd been in college for a couple of years at the point that I, the light was shown on this passage. I know I'd read it before. You know how that is. You read the Word, you read the Word, you read the Word, and then you read a word in your devotional time. Or you hear a message on a passage of Scripture and you're like, I never heard that before, the way it's coming to me now. And I was sitting in a chapel service at Warner, as a sophomore in college, and whoever was preaching that day, this was the text. For He chose us in Christ before the creation of the world. And right then I was hooked. What? Before the world was ever spoken into existence, God knew me? And not only did He know me, but He set Himself to bring me to Himself as His choice. Not because of anything that I had done, because this happened before I was even born. No opportunity for performance, no opportunity to prove myself, no opportunity for grades or any, all of those measurements in life, but just that God in Christ chose me. For himself. And it says he, he chose me to be holy and blameless, holy, set apart. We complicate that word, but what it means is God has called us unto himself to be set apart from other things. In other words, we are his very own. That's what we were created for. Blameless, it doesn't mean that we were are without fault, but God in his grace has chosen in spite of all of our sinful moments, in spite of our Sinful nature that He has made a way to bridge the gap that we might come blamelessly before Him. He chooses not to blame us, but to cast our sins into a sea of forgetfulness, never to remember them against us anymore. And all of that He did in love because He decided before anything else happened that He wanted to adopt us as His very own children in Christ His Son. What do I mean in Christ? I mean because of what Christ has done. Now we are his. Sometimes when I go back to Roanoke, where my family is from, I can go somewhere and meet somebody I've never met in all of these years. And when names are exchanged, Ron Bauer, oh, Bauer. They don't know me, but they either know my dad, or they know some of my aunts and uncles, or they know someone in the family. And right away, there's, it's like there's an entry for relationship to happen because of who I belong to. And here, God has chosen us for sonship. He has adopted us. Why? For His own pleasure, for His own purposes. What an incredible verse. God has chosen you to be in relationship with Him. And He's chosen a pathway for you to walk just because he loves you that much and he wants to bring value to your life that is far apart from taking classes or earning grades and all of that has its place and is important but god has chosen us and wow how that hits our lives to the praise paul says to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one jesus whom he loves wow you're chosen If you've never felt chosen before, there's always a few that will say, I've never felt that before. Feel it this morning. God has chosen you to be in relationship with Him because He loves you. And when you love someone unconditionally, it's always apart from performance. You've heard me say it before. Let me say it again. You could not do anything this morning that would make Him love you more or make Him love you less. You could not do enough good to make Him value you more than He does. You could not do enough evil to cause Him to value you less than He does. He loves you. He loves you. What do I want to say from the heart of a pastor to graduates? High school or college? Keep Jesus first. We're living in a world that is doing everything in its power that it can to crowd our relationship with God to the side. Morality is being rewritten in our day. So I say keep Jesus first. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, remember that He has chosen you to be His very own, and you reciprocate that choice by choosing Him to be first in your life. I would say pray about everything. And I do mean everything. What class you're going to take this semester or the next semester. What course of study you're going to pursue. What degree you're going to to go after. It may change, but still be intentional about it. Pray about everything, your relationships, your schoolwork, your social life, your trips from here to there and yonder. Pray about everything, not just when you get sick. Pray every day about everything that's going on in your life. And the Bible says that when we pray, we ought to pray in the Spirit, capital S, in other words... Holy Spirit, would You please guide my interaction with the Father that I might be opened up to His side of the conversation. Too often we make praying a one-sided interaction, if you will. A monologue, and it's meant to be dialogue. So when you're praying about everything, don't just do the talking, but do some listening. And catch what the Spirit is saying to you about those matters that you're presenting to Him in prayer. The Bible says, pray about everything and do not be anxious, but give thanksgiving to God for the answer that's already on the way. What would I say to graduates? Search the Scriptures. And I could have said, read the Bible, but I want you to go deeper than that. I don't want you to give the Bible a cursory reading where you check off, you know when, when, when you go to if you use the Bible apps um, and you do your daily reading, whether you're choosing to read through the, through the whole Bible or the New Testament, when you get done that day, there's a little check mark you hit. you know you with me? And you hit it and and if you're wired like I am, uh, when I, I want to be up to date. Today I, I want to be caught up to May. Nineteenth, And so I I don't know, just something about me. I like checking that off. But what I'm saying is don't let your interaction with God's Word just be about checking off that box. Go deeper than that. Search the Scriptures. Run some cross-references. Most of our Bibles uh, come with a cross-reference Column in it. And in that column, there are little numbers or letters assigned to different words in the verses that we're reading. If you'll notice that, it'll take you to other verses, either in the New Testament or the Old Testament, that pertain to what you're reading. Take time to search the Scriptures. Take time to run those references. Don't just hurry through your di- daily Bible reading so you can check it off. Uh, God's pleased with me today because I did my Bible reading, but search the Scriptures. The Bible says at one point in the book of Acts that as Paul was making his missionary journey as he was working with different people in different areas, it says that when he went to see the Bereans, it says the Bereans were of more noble character for they searched the Scriptures every day to see if what Paul was preaching was the truth. And if you're searching the Scriptures, you're very intentionally opening God's Word to hear the connection, to feel the connection that God is wanting to make with you through this holy book. And it is, it is an amazing book. It's unlike any other book in all of the world. It is a living word. That's why every time you go to it, you may have read this verse hundreds of times, but today you go to it and God says, this one's for you today. Search the Scriptures. Love everyone. I mean everyone even your enemy. Love everyone. And I promise you that if you set your course to love everyone, you're going to be a person who prays about everything and you're going to be a person who searches the Scripture. Because some folks are easy to love and some folks are hard to love and some folks are impossible to love. Some folks, when you're in Walmart, you see them and you take off to go catch them. And some folks you see and you think, "Mm, not today. (laughs) And then some folks you see, you're like, not ever. (laughs) But God says, even the pagans love those who love them. As Christ followers, Jesus says, I want you to love your enemies, to pray for those who despitefully use you. In other words, they, they, it's not that they didn't mean to. They intentionally planned for an opportunity to do you in. Jesus says, love them too. And there's something about intentionally setting our course to love everyone that makes us better people. Makes us more like Jesus. I mean, you think about it. When He met with His disciples in the upper room, the night before He was crucified, He already knew that Judas had made arrangements and was making arrangements to finalize the deal to betray Christ. And yet as He washed the disciples' feet, He also washed... The feet of Judas, who would betray him in a matter of hours. Love everyone. You'll be better for it. Don't retaliate. Give blessing for curse, not curse for curse. And God's people said, Amen, it's the truth. Never stop reading. Whew, I'm glad I'm done with that. No more papers, no more reading, never stop reading. Never stop reading. Never stop journaling. Writing in your book. Sometimes you write a prayer, sometimes you just write what you're doing that day. I got journals half filled all over the place. I got a chest in my man room. It's not even big enough to be a cave, so I don't call it a cave, but I I got this clo- I got a prayer closet. And in that little room, I've got a, I've got a trunk that I bought at Hobby Lobby and I got stuff down in there and some of the stuff that's in there are journals and some of them are full and some of them are half full. And I write those journals not for anybody else to look at while I'm alive, but I do want them to look at them after I'm gone. I want my grandkids to look in them. I want my great grandkids to look in them. I I want them to be distributed among my, my family when I leave this world. Why is that? I want them to see my bad days. I want them to see my good days. I want them to see my happy days. I want them to see my angry days. I want them to see the real me. I want, to see, I want them to see those times that I wrote and said, God, I looked back through my journal and, and last year I thought there was no hope for this situation and God, You turned it around. Don't, never stop reading. Everybody ought to be reading a book at any given time in your life. I've heard it. Everywhere. I don't read. You need to read. And if you don't read, you need to to subscribe to Audible and they'll read a book to you. Because I'm going to tell you something, when we stop entertaining new ideas, we stop growing. Sure, never stop reading your Bible, but never stop reading books that will help you to grow as a human being don't read trash that doesn't count don't fill your minds with trash read a book by Bob Goff, who is consumed with loving people read a book by John Eldridge who is a philosopher, a Christian philosopher, who makes you think a deeper thought. Read a book by John Piper. It'll take a long time to read it. But when you get done, you will have learned something. Read. Never stop reading. Travel as much as you can. Travel as much as you can. If your parents say, hey, love you so much, before you start college, I'm going to give you a European vacation. Take it. One, one, you know one of the reasons that we have committed as a church that that every year we're going to give some senior high kids an opportunity to go on a missions trip is because there are things that happen when we get out of the the usual Uh, living surroundings that we've grown accustomed to. There's things that happen in our lives that that happen most generally when we get to another culture, to a place where people are different and they do things differently. There's something about that that opens up a, a part of our humanity that's not opened otherwise. And, you know, I realize that when I'm preaching to a group like as we're gathered here at church, that some of you, I need to just I just need to have a counseling session with you and say, hey, look, there's stuff outside of South Carolina. Or you need to cross the Watery River and visit our state's capital. But travel as much as you can because there's something that that happens in our lives that that grows us and brings us to another place of of. Experience that we wouldn't have otherwise. Just two more. Life is more than money. So don't make all your decisions on the basis of what will earn me the most coin. Some of the most unhappy people in the world are some of the richest people in the world. Life is more than money. If someone said, what would you single out as that something uh, next to all other things that stands out as as the most important priority? Without hesitation, I'd say relationships. Relationships. With each other, with God. New relationships, old relationships, growing relationships. There's more to life than money. And then finally, don't ever forget this. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. God is at work in you. God is at work in you. God is at work in you. Reminds me of that children's song, He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took Him just a day to make the moon, sun, and stars, but He's still working on me. God is at work in you. And He is patient with you and with me to a degree that is unbelievable. So let's be more patient with ourselves and more patient with each other. Amen? Amen. Keep Jesus first. Pray about everything. Search the Scriptures. Love everyone. Never stop reading. Travel as much as you can. Life is more than money. God is at work in you. Those are some of the things that are in my heart to say to you who are graduates and then the final thing I'll say before we pray is we're so proud of you I don't, I don't have the same opportunity with with all the kids that I have, with some of the kids, and what I mean by that is, is some of you uh, came to be a part of this family after your kids uh, were born, and, and so they came in as youngsters or as toddlers. But as I, I look at those that are seated and were recognized this morning, um, I was there when Lindy was born. I was I was there. And, and there's a host of y'all here in this. I was there when Rylan and, and, and Brett were born. I, I was there. And so when I say, and, and Tucker, you came in a little bit later, but wow, you just grow on people quick, amen? <laughs> and Josh, I've known you for a, for a while. And Chris, I've known you for a while. And the rest of you scattered out and I can't re- remember who's who from <laughs> if you're not sitting together. But Noah, I've known you for a little while. When I say and when we say we're proud of you, we're saying it like your extended family. We're not saying it because we're supposed to or we have to. But we're proud of y'all and excited for you. And Lord, we come to you one more time, lifting up our graduates and their families What what an awesome time in their lives. It takes all of us back to our graduations and to the time when we got that diploma from high school or our degree from college. And and it it takes us back to those. And we remember the sense of accomplishment we felt. and, And we remember how our families gathered around us and how incredible those times were, moments of celebration. And Lord, it won't be long until they're back in school or taking a new job because of the degree that they've earned. And this moment will become a memory, but never let it be a distant memory. Let it be something that, they're, that these graduates are able to hold close because it is significant, the minds and the spirits you've given to these young people to accomplish what they've accomplished. It's no small thing. And we know you've been with them and you will be with them. We know that what you have started in them, you will bring to completion. And we thank you for that kind of grace that you have for us. Thank you we've had this time together as a family, because we are a family. All because of Jesus. And it's in His name we pray. Amen.